Welcome to the Prayer to Win Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Oliver, here with Dane Lee. Um, all right, today we're going to get into, um, basically, I'm going to outline some secrets. They're big secrets, so everyone jot this down. All right. Uh, huge secrets of how to be successful. All right. Um, follow these three easy steps. Yeah, just follow these th- and buy and my ebook. Buy the ebook. Um, sign up for my <laughs> newsletter online. And come to the seminar seminar, (laughs) and then attend my course. It's a $5,000 a month course. Uh, We'll guaranteed to get you rich. You will be a millionaire in the next year. Just hire him as a personal mentor, (laughs) personal mentor. And then I'll even give you my, uh, my phone number and you could text me, Mm -hmm. you know, even though that's some phone that my assistant holds on to. And I answer like 5% of the texts or they're automated, but Hey, you know what? You're texting me. In so. five years, you might be successful. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Total. That All right. Took us off. I anyway, <laughs> back on track. Um, now, this is something like, as I'm getting old-er, <laughs> all right, um, a lot of people have known me for a long time, um, especially like, you know, just had the wedding, had um, plenty of friends that I haven't seen in a while or just... You know, we haven't, we've all got kids, you know, our own career moves and things like that. So, like, we just haven't hung out as much the last few years. Um, You know, some of my best friends I grew up with and things like that, that, uh, you know, life just hits and you're not seeing each other all the time. Um, You know, and you get to talking to some and you find out what they're doing, you're doing, you know, kind of where you're at in life and and catching up. And I, I keep getting the same thing of, like, it's almost like that drop jaw moment. Like, wait, what? Cause you know, it's like from where I was, you know, even 10 years ago, seven years ago, six years ago, five years, ago, whatever to now is, is, it's completely different. Right. Um, and it's not, it's not so much that like I've changed in any way. It's the compounding growth factor. Well, I should say I changed. We'll get into that. But it's the compounding growth factors that are now starting to play out, right? Right. Um, but, it, you know, I get some of them, they'll say like, well, you know, how do I do this? How do I do that? Um, you know, how do I get to that point? I've even had friends and like, this was like the shocker moment for me when I've been, you know, texting with friends and stuff and they've been talking about like starting a business and this and that or leaving their job um, because they hate it and all this stuff. And I've literally had friends that say like, like I want to be like you, I want what you have. You know what I mean? Not in like a demeaning way, like, Oh my God, I'm going to come take it from you. But like, how did you get there? You know, what did you do? Like, so I'm brutally honest as everyone knows. And I tell everyone, um, and and, you know, like one of my best friends, you know what he did? He quit his fucking job. He hated it. Right. Mm -hmm. And he hated it for years. And, um, you know, there was a lot of quarreling, uh, with his family and things like that. Like this, you know, he was, this was through in-laws, like inside the family kind of business that he was working for. Okay. Um, you know, and, and he left that because he hated it. Right. And he went off with uh, one of his friends and they started their own company and things like that. Um, and he's got other entrepreneur ideas and, and it's great to have those ideas, but I told him you need to take action steps to get there. You can't just have this thought in your head the thought is, is all right. But like, if you're not taking actions towards it, it's not real. Right. Right. So, you know, I started to explain to him like, okay, first thing first, you hate your job, find a fucking way out of it. That's, that's number one. 
Right. Mm-hmm. That's number one move. Um, I said two, you know, the next thing is start to gather, you know, you should already have somewhat of a plan, but to start to gather that together and start taking action steps to get there. So if it is starting a company, then, okay, what's it going to take to start up the company cash wise or capital wise? Are you borrowing money? You know, what's the equipment or whatever you're going to mm-hmm. need? Um, uh, burping, excuse me. Um, you know, you need to file your paperwork. You need to get in a business attorney to make sure you're doing everything legit and proper and, mm-hmm. and by the law and things like that. Uh, especially if they were doing something in the construction field, like you need to make sure you know how to pull permits, you, need, you know, if you need to, all that stuff. Um, <clears throat> but I told them like, you know, those action steps are what's going to get you to that next level. Um, and then once you start the business, that's when the real fucking shit begins. That's when it, the the real fun begins of anything. Um, the 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 way to step forward, and this this is the biggest thing I think people don't understand. All right, whenever you're gonna do anything, and I don't give a fuck what it is, you know, in your career, in your personal life, in the gym, whatever you're doing, all right, you have to fucking give it everything you have. And I know that's a cliche term to fucking say, but it is truth, mm-hmm. all right? You have to be in this day in, day out for years to get the compounding effect, the daily compounding effect of I got this done, I got this done now, this is done now, this is done, and you t- keep taking those steps forward, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to get kicked in the teeth, and you're going to take steps back. There's going to be people that are going to tell you that it's not worth your time. People are going to ask you six months into your startup how much money you're making. And if you're not making enough, they're going to doubt you and they're going to say, are you sure you can live off that? Why are you doing this? Fuck them. Straight up. All right. Tell them, you, you know, you know what you're doing and you stand your fucking ground and just keep moving forward. All right. You need to, you, you need to not listen to people. And when I say that, like. I'm not saying block out everybody, but you have to know which noise to block out and which to accept, right? And if someone isn't at that level or or above that level, don't fucking listen to them. Don't listen to Sally down the street that's telling you about this market that they don't have a fucking clue about, all right? You need to do your own research. You need to learn from people inside the industry and move forward that way. Um <clears throat> You know, I can remember when I started the business, I think I was filing my taxes year two or so, Um, maybe year two or three. I remember sitting with my accountant and he, you know, kind of points to the number. He's like, are you going to be able to live off of that? And I told him like, yeah, I'm fine. I already calculated it. Like Mm -hmm. I have, you know, one, like I had X amount that I started up with, you know, and I know the direction I'm heading. You know, I think it was like year two of the business or something. Mm-hmm. Like, um, of course, year one, you take, you know, you take that massive blow because you bought everything. Oh, a huge and, hit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, year two, you know, you're probably still taking a hit. You know, where they say like you're not profitable, so usually like year four or five or something like that. Um, but like when we started to profit, he was basically like, uh, you, you, you're gonna be good here. And I told him like, I'm just getting warmed up. <laughs> like, yeah. give me a second. You know what I mean? We're just we're we're expanding. You know, um, but I already calculated in that risk. And guess what? If it would have fucking flopped, then it would have flopped. Oh, well, at least I took the shot. Mm-hmm. Um, I have now, uh, I guess you could say flopped on two things. You know, I picked, uh, you know, wrong business partners or whatever. 
Um, and guess what? I'm pivoting to other things. That's how that, that's how that works. But anyway, to backtrack, um, you got to block out people. Like people are not going to understand. They're not going to understand why you didn't come to little Johnny's birthday party because you had to work that weekend or you had to do your accounting that weekend or you had to do paperwork or you had to answer emails or there was something in your business or guess what? You're just so fucking burned out, you know, from yeah. working your ass off that you want those <laughs> three or four hours on a Saturday to yourself, yeah. you know, or a Sunday or whatever. Um, people, people will not get it. You will be the asshole. You will be the person that like, well, you know, what are they doing this and that? And then you'll, you'll find out who your, who your friends are too. You will have haters. You will have people that, um, that cheered for you until you started making it and then they won't cheer for you anymore. And then they'll start to kind of resent you and then they'll start to hate you. And then they'll, you know, and this is what we call quote unquote haters, right? Mm -hmm. Um, use that to fucking fuel you. That's the biggest thing. You got to block them out. You know me. You know me. People that used to be in my life that I don't even know exist anymore. It's it's enormous. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know if they. I don't. Even, couldn't tell you one thing they're doing or not. Frankly, I don't really care. Um, they're not in my life. They're gone. Bye. All right. That's how that works. All right. So you have to be able to accept that. You have to be able to accept that you're not going to go out with the guys or the girls like you know every Friday night and go drinking and stuff. Um, you're not going to be able to have those after work beers because guess what? You might be working the day job and doing your, your hustle at night until it becomes a career, you know? Um, I'm laughing cause I'm trying to think of the last time that I had the chance to go out and have any kind of drink after work. Yeah. The wedding. The hey, wedding. Yeah. Yeah. So once in five years, yeah, I hit my uh, five year quota. Yeah. Um, but you know, so many people didn't, um, I don't understand that. And like, you know, with me and Lindsay kind of calming down on competing, we're starting to go back out to, you know, different events and we're, we're trying, we're being more social mm-hmm. essentially. Um, you know, we're going to the little, this party, that party, this get together, th- this thing, that thing. Um, you know, and in, in word, like I have to tell people now, like, Hey, if there's something coming up, let me know. Like, I'm almost like a yes man now. Like, let me know. I'll be there. <laughs> You know, um, because we're getting back out more because we've now spent six years building a business and building up clientele and things like that. And we're in it. We're in a little bit of a groove now um, to where we can handle things a little bit better. Um, and we're trying to manage, you know, all these things that we're juggling all at one time. Um, but because our competition stuff is taking a little bit of backseat, then we're able to focus on those other things. So you notice that business-wise and all these other things, I haven't really stopped, all right? The only thing I did was dial down my competition just a little bit, right? As far as um, competing in powerlifting and things and pushing myself to that level. And now I'm transferring that into everything else that I'm doing. I'm transferring that energy into life, business, you know, other goals that I have, all right? So this is where we talked about a long, long time ago about leveling up, all right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't ever become easier, really. It doesn't ever become God, no, no, and it does. It doesn't ever become like, okay, well, I've made it here. It's time to just kick back, kick my feet up, and go golf every day. No, it doesn't. Doesn't exactly work that way. You just pick and choose your rest times. You pick and choose when mm-hmm. you push hard. You pick and choose which priority is which. Because if you try to full throttle every priority all the time, you're not going to make it. All right, now. 
But that's not to say like if you, you know, if you have a low total and you're starting out in powerlifting, and you just started a business, you're fine. You can handle both. I promise you, you can. Mm-hmm. All right. If you're at like a, and we're seeing this among a lot of elites, elite and higher level lifters, um, mm-hmm. higher level competitors, or just people just higher level, like education wise, they have to take a step, a little step back from things. Now it's not to say like we can always find someone that's done it. Right. Right. But everyone's going to have individual variables that are going to change that. And you have to make that decision for yourself. You can't pay attention to what everyone else is doing. Right. But you're going to have to have tough, thick skin and you have to, if it is your goal, then it's your goal and nothing, there's nothing that stops that. Right. And that's how you have to look at it. Right. Um, so, you know, going back to like action steps, it's an everyday thing. All right. So whether it is a financial goal, personal goal, whatever it is, gym goal, it's an everyday thing. What are the steps that I need to take to get there? Right. Mm-hmm. So if it's in the gym, like, okay, today I'm going to eat this, 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 this for, this is my meals for the day. That's step one. Right. Right. Got my workout in doing my recovery stuff. Here's my protocol. And you write that shit out. You don't just think about it like, oh, I better do that today. No, you write it out. Mm -hmm. All right. And that's what you have to do today. It is what you have to do. All right. It's a commitment to yourself. Yeah. If you, okay. If you know, something happened, you miss a little, a couple sets of accessories. Okay. As long as it's not an everyday thing, you're going to be fine. Don't worry. If you miss goddamn three sets of accessories in six months, you'll be fine. All right. But you know, those are the things you have to do, you know, financial goals. All right. Pick your number. All right. And fucking get there. So, uh, here's a common thing. So they, they say that how to know when you're going to retire, you take, um, the number that you want to spend every year, you know, uh, how do I say this? The number that will cover your expenses every year. And, okay. and you gotta be kind of mindful of this and you, times it by 25. Okay. All right. And then you take that number that it ends with, and that is the number that you should be able to, that you need to hit to be able to take about a 4% draw on your account when you retire to not run out of money. All right. So if you end up do, 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 do the math and it's 1.52 million, something like that. Um, and you do the 4% thing that mm-hmm. what they're basically saying is you can draw 4% from that a year which guess what equals the number that you started with. Mm-hmm. Um, and the appreciation through dividends, market, all that stuff, you shouldn't ever run out of money, hopefully unless you live a really fucking long time. Yeah. You might have to pump the brakes a little a couple <laughs> years or something, but um, that doesn't mean like that. That's just a golden rule, you know, just kind of right. a rule of thumb. Like, but you should, you shouldn't just like follow that blindly. You should come up with your own financial goal. Right. Right. So, What's it take to get there? All right. So if you want to retire with $2 million in your account, right, do you start when you're 40 and just try to throw thousands and thousands and tens of thousands? You're going to need a lot of fucking money. Mm -hmm. Um, Just try to throw as much as you can at it. Then, no, you start very, very early and you throw in little amounts, right? Right. Because you're going to get that compounding factor. It's the same with anything else you're going to do. There is a compounding factor to life. All right. So I like that. It's the fucking truth. Think about it. All right. So, you know, back when I, um, back when like I first even thought about opening a business, you know, 
I had to take little steps to that. And I knew like I had to live somewhat simple, right? So like I was in college and I I knew my goal a long time ago. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, If we want to be real about it, I knew since I was probably 13, 14, 15 years old, somewhere through there that I was going to be, an, I was going to be an entrepreneur in some way. Okay. And I remember me and all my friends talked about it and I, th- I think I'm the only one that became an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. but I knew that I probably wasn't built to work for somebody. And I always had different goals. Like, you know, my original thing, I wanted to go to school for uh, psychology okay. and I wanted to be in clinical psychology was the thing that I wanted to do. Um, was very passionate about it. Cause like I, that's all I did was talk to people and I used to help people with the problems. I know that's kind of crazy to think about, huh? <laughs> but I used to talk to a lot of people and I was always interested in other people's problems to try to help them and tell them like what I thought or whatever. And I would listen and I would give. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I kind of realized I'm like, fuck, that's a lot of school. <laughs> um, <laughs> a lot of school. but you know, I got caught up in other things. Um, and I ended up leaving college and that's why I went in the military. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but, you know, when I was in the military, I, I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I knew I wanted to be in fitness. Then I, that's when I figured that out, mm-hmm. right? And then I knew, oh, I had okay, I have to take this personal training cert. So I studied for that. I had to go to college, study, you know, did my study in there. Had to try to find clients. Okay, we did that, yeah. you know. And it was a stepping stone through life, all right? And all the while, like, you know, money that I thought was, like, big back then and, like, okay, I'm going to invest in this stock and like thought I knew, okay, I thought I knew how to play some stocks and shit because I hit one or two of them decent. <laughs> I, I didn't know shit compared to what I know now, you know, because I, I've, I've studied that, you know, every day I pay attention to the financial markets. Every, and almost every day or every week, I hear something that I didn't know before and I investigate it and I start to learn more about it. Right. There's so much out there. It's insane. It's like, it's almost like trying like our knowledge of like, like you with recovery, but for finances and trying to, yeah. And try to explain that to like, um, try to explain that to like an 18 year old that doesn't have the internet. Think of it that way. Do you know what I mean? Oh Lord. Like someone that has no life education. Yes no real workout background, but then also can't Google everything. Right. Hey, go look this up. I can't. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's kind of how it like it is a lot is in depth, but anyway, like, so, you know, you take those action steps and eventually, okay, started up the gym, mm-hmm. started this. It's the same with like, you know, how long has it been? Seven years since we were back at the old, uh, even before I opened the gym back at uh, yeah. the CrossFit gym. So, Holy shit. Yeah. yeah. So you were just like, <laughs> you know, you look at it like you, um, can't even remember if you were fully, you were fully out of exercise science, I think. Yeah. And I think you had just became an LMT not too long before that. Like five months before that. Yeah. And you started doing like, I remember like your name came up like, Hey, he's going to do a little bit of massage out yep. of the gym, you know, and I didn't even know who the hell you were. Um, and you know, you started doing that a little bit mm-hmm. and then Moving forward, you know, you went back, got your master's, yep. right? Uh, and and I might, you can tell your own story. No, I'm no, just no. saying from outside perspective, this is what I've seen. Yeah. All right. And then you kind of move forward with, you know, we came in here, we expanded into here. We came up, you came up with this idea of like having a full recovery room, full recovery uh, practice, basically. Mm-hmm. And you started investing. Keyword, 
investing in your own self by buying all the fucking equipment that's in here, mm-hmm. um, which isn't cheap, you know, and you started to see that slow growth and people coming in, utilizing it, this and that. And then you started working with like a higher level of clientele for sure. Mm-hmm. And then you started working with some of my clients online, yep. you know, and then next thing you know, like now people like throughout Northeast Ohio will come in here to come visit mm-hmm. for different recovery things. Um, so now your, your draw and your pull is further, right? I mean, you have to this point where similar to you with nutrition, where it's grown and you have people from across the country and you have very high level athletes. Yeah. There are national competitors in their age group and in their weight class from weightlifting, from powerlifting, um, national level, like swimmers that they'll just contact me and say, I want your advice on what do I do on these last 12 weeks going into a competition? How do mm-hmm. I get myself ready for that? And that trust was not earned easily. No. Like that reputation was built, like you said, over years and years and years. And it wasn't just knowing one thing and doing it for seven years. It was constantly trying to learn something else. Like, how do I get better at this? What don't I know? Yeah. And it's not just recovery. It's like, how do I get that word out there a little bit better? How do I have better customer service? And you're, you're looking at literally every aspect mm-hmm. that goes into the business part of it, not just how do I be better as a practitioner and then saying, what do I need to learn about it? Yeah. I mean, uh, coming back to something you said before, it's like, all of those are stepping stones, but yeah. they're not set in stone. Yeah. Like uh, what I knew is that I needed to get better about getting my name out there. And it's like, all right, what are my options? Mm-hmm. And then let's pick one of them and try and go with it. Did it work? No, I try another one. And it's like, I didn't, uh, marry myself to one idea and say, this has to be it. No, I just know that the end result has to be it. Yeah. And whatever it takes for me to get there, I'm going to figure that part out. Yeah. Um, kind of like you said, like with the business where you figured out, I want to do fitness. And you want to have your own place. Now, there could have been like five or six or more different ways that you went about doing it, but you found one that felt right because you did your fucking homework mm-hmm. and you figured out this is what resonates. This is what seems right. I'm going to do this. Yeah. And when you said earlier, yeah, you like if the gym had failed in that second year, if you were wrong when you talked to your accountant, like, all right, you tried. Mm-hmm. But what I guarantee, because having known you for as long as I have and just that mindset is you didn't go into it just optimistic. You didn't just say, hey, here's a great idea. I want to own a business. Well, fitness seems like fun. Let me try that, which we see all the time. Yeah. Without doing the homework, Mm -hmm. without figuring out how are you going to get capital, what's your market, how like what's your total financial plan yeah. in general? Like what's your growth plan? Who I want to target and exactly. things like that. Yeah. There's all that info that you probably researched long before the doors opened. Yeah. And you see that never even cross other people's minds. They yeah. don't even know that they don't know. Yeah. And that's dangerous. Well, the thing is too, is like, you know, even picking my target audience, like sure. Um, I worked with a lot more gen pop even back then. Um, and what people don't realize is like, had I stuck with Gen Pop, you know, mm-hmm. I would have be, I'd be making more money than I am now. Like, and I, yeah, with for sure, market. yeah, there's a way big market. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, same thing if I, I was, like I was explaining to someone the other day, if I was selling supplements, I would make more than I do now. If I was doing, you know, apparel out the ass in here, mm-hmm. you know, I'd be making more than I do now. Um, but, and that was all in my original business plan, you know, doing that. But, you know, the shifts that we've made over the years, like 
it just hasn't, there's never been that, that right time to do it that I felt like the ROI was there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. We'll do, we got a t-shirt order coming in a couple weeks. All right. We'll do little spurts of orders of apparel mm-hmm. or something. Um, you know, and there's, there's, we might do supplements one day, you know, it's not like impossible. It's not like it will never happen, but, um, just the, the time hasn't been there. Um, and I'm, not that I'm trying to overly time it. It's just, there's so much other shit going on right. that like, it's just not the point to focus on that yet. But, um, like you said, like not only did I go into it with a plan, um, to be honest, like and some of you will think this cocky and, and everything, which, okay, whatever, then you're probably not, don't own a business. You're probably not a very high level person. Um, but I knew I was going to fucking kill everybody. I knew I was going to destroy the market around here. Hmm. I knew I, a post came up in my memories today on Facebook. Thank you. Facebook. Um, from like seven years ago mm-hmm. of something I said about a deadlift technique thing that if you look at that, it is like what everyone blasts online now about deadlift technique. I said that shit seven years ago. Right. But I was still just, you know, on the grand scheme of things. Sure. Now I'm like, people start to know more, uh, through States and nationally and things like that. But around here, like I remember someone walking into the gym and asking who the fuck I was to my members. Like, Mm -hmm. who's this guy that just opened a gym? Like no one knew who I was. Right. And even to like this day, um, I'm sure there's plenty of people who don't know who the fuck I am because I'm in this niche market, right? Yeah. Um, and, and again, it's not to sound like an ass, but I mean, if you take like, you know, me, you, Dan, like in our niches, it's not even close. No. It's not even close. And guess what? Anyone that's even close to us, they fucking work here. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like Lindsay, I still learn shit from Lindsay and Lindsay's like, she has a day job. You know what I mean? But she knows so much about yeah. these things and she doesn't even market herself. If that girl market herself, holy shit, you'd all get put to shame. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, but what, what, what you have to understand is like you have to go in confident and you have to kind of know your place. Like, of course, yes, I am not going to make as much in this little fucking facility as the big commercial gym down the road. That's not what I'm going for. Right. All right. What I'm going for is to be known as someone who produces results. The quality of work is at the highest level that it could possibly be. Mm-hmm. Right. So whenever you're going to do your business, don't think that like you're going to come in and, you know, if you're a little like, um, computer repair store and, you know, maybe you start to come up with some, some designs and things, you're not going to go compete with like Apple and shit, you know what I mean? Right. In Microsoft, you're not going to compete with them that year, <laughs> like, you know, five mm-hmm. years, 10 years, who knows, you know, but 1.7 uh, trillion income. Yeah. No, it ain't going to happen. Right. So, um, and you have to understand like some of the, some of the big companies your buddies might have or. You know, some of the people I've talked to, okay, so for example, two of the, two of the, you know, call them the old guys, the old mentor guys mm-hmm. I, that I ask questions to and like, I, they're going on third generation of their business, third generation. These are fucking, you know, one's over a hundred year old company and mm-hmm. the other one, uh, what are they, 50, 60 years old, something like that. I mean, old, old companies, yeah. right? Um, I'm a fucking baby in the game. Right. Uh, and I know that it, those businesses didn't start off lucrative. You know, that second generation is where they started to really expand. Right. Mm -hmm. And the third generation 
is where these are probably really going to boom. Yeah, start taking advantage of that yeah. capital that's been built. Yeah, yeah and that, that name and things like that. Mm-hmm. So you have to understand that too. Like, you know, it depends what field you go into. Like, okay, if, you know, I come up and, you know, one of my kids takes over the gym, like, I, I would hope that they could continue to grow it and at least hold it to to a good standard. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But um, I'm in a completely different niche market you know what i mean yeah um and it's very dependent on your ability to coach um but if i were in construction or something then yeah i could pass on a generation after generation business um so you know and it doesn't mean that you're you're, you can't what people don't realize is like you might start off in construction you might start off with um i don't know um you know, I know a guy who started a fencing company. Okay. Right? So you might start off in fencing and then you might make some money off that. You might decide, you know what? I think I could put a crew together to do roofs. I won't do it, but a crew will. And he puts together a crew to do roofs, mm-hmm. you know? And then it comes into like, you know, I think, I think we could get in the concrete side gets in the concrete. Next thing you know, you're a fucking developer and yeah. you're building massive building. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You don't know. But it takes those baby steps. You know how confident I am to go start any business now just because I've owned one for this long and I understand some, you know some side, yeah, some things. Like, um, you know, where we talked about like coffee shops and stuff before. Mm-hmm. Like, mm, I don't know shit about coffee, but I can figure it, the, I can figure it out. See, I know? think that's the important not, not, part. Well, is I, that I should say I've studied coffee, but I don't, I don't work in a coffee shop. Right. I bet you I could figure it out. You're not saying, oh, I've owned businesses, therefore inherently I can go start a coffee shop. It's I know what I need to learn. Yeah. Or I know how to learn uh, yeah. to get to a point I where I can figure I can out whose brains exactly. to go pick and things like that. Now, would I be the best? Probably not. But could I be? Possibly. You know? Um, and, and sometimes you do get lucky. Sometimes you do. Um, you know, I know, I know businesses I should have no fucking business being open. You know, but they market right and they know the right people and they, right. you know, and that's hey, a big part of it. Hey, good for you. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, um, you know, and then there's, there's, there's other ones that I think deserve to be boosted up that aren't, and you know, we try to support them the best mm-hmm. we can, but, um, you know, but it's the con, I think it's the confidence factor that just switches on. And if you don't have it, you don't have it. Not everyone's an entrepreneur. What no. I, what did I say before, uh, you know, like 7% of the world is entrepreneurial mindset and actually does this for real. And, um, is that what I said? Is that the stat? I'm not sure. I think it's 7% of people. Okay. Um, I'd believe you if it was pretty sure it's like 7%. Uh, okay. Do you need more caffeine to remember? I might need more caffeine, (laughs) but anyway, um, you know, I think, yeah, I think it's something like 7% of the world uh, is capable or is like an entrepreneur in some mindset or some set, um, but then only like 1% of those last over like 10 years or something like that. That one I definitely believe. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I can, I can hop on the old Google and find out pretty quick. Um, but anyway, you know, I think learning from the right people, taking your action steps to get there. Mm-hmm. All right. I can't tell you this, the recipe, you know, per each industry, you know, I'm not in each industry, but I can give mm-hmm. you kind of basic guidelines because I have, you know, I have a little bit of business mindset and I've talked to people in other industries. That's the thing. Like the people I go to, I don't go to, 
know, I don't really go to people for like fitness mentorship really in a way. Like I pick people's brains. I knock ideas off you. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a couple people online. I might be like, Hey, you know, what do you guys do at your gym? Like this and that, uh, other coaches and things like that. But, um, the people I go to, they're neither one of them are in the fitness industry. Um, right. You know what I mean? They're, they're an outside industry. So it's great to have that perspective and they'll say the same thing. Like, I don't know your industry, but like, I know how to hire people. I know how to build a company. Like, and there are things that carry yeah. from business to business or like yeah. occupation, occupation. Yeah. And one of the guys I've talked to, uh, to bounce ideas off of, he owns a welding company. Yeah. And he's like, you will not believe how difficult it is to hire and keep and like mm-hmm. employees. Cause I asked him like, when I get to the point where I'm ready to start bringing people on, what's some advice? Yep. He goes, it is one of the hardest things That's what to I've hire too. and manage yep. people. Yep. He's like, it is a whole occupation in itself and you mm-hmm. are going to have to, it's going to take a lot of time to figure it out and you're going to make a lot of mistakes. Yep. That's, that's like the number one thing I've heard from both of them mm-hmm. is that hiring is hiring's a motherfucker. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, they have their own, both have their own uh, little, um, reviews of, uh, like where they fill out a form and you know, the one I told you about does like the personality tests yeah. and all that stuff. Um, but the other like has a questionnaire has like an interview process that he does, but they've both said it and, and um, I know like the one has been screwed over even by family before Like, mm-hmm. you know, so it's, it's one of those things where it's, it's hard, you know? Um, but since you brought up family, this is something from before is like when you mentioned, and it's important distinction and I doubt that you were, like referring to this, but I'm going to throw it out there just in case anybody decides to, you know, play the other side of it. Like there's a big difference between people who are going to like throw hate at you and people who are concerned for you. So when you're first Mm -hmm. starting out, if you have family members where they're like, are you sure this is a good idea? I'm not doubting you, but I want the best for you. And I think that is very different than having people come along. They're like, I don't think this is a good idea. You should probably stop. Yeah. And being confident in that moment, part of it is just being fucking like hard headed and just saying yeah. no, like I'm doing this yeah. without being blind to information you need to be finding. Like if yeah. you're just driving headlong into this and you have no plan, stop in that moment. Like mm-hmm. sure, ignore them, but be able to say, I'm not going to pay attention to them because you know what's coming next or you have a plan for what's coming next. Yeah. As opposed to because they're not going to know. They have no idea. You know how many times I've had people like during this whole like seven year process and you're like you know what you should do yeah you and know i know what you should do that's classic and they're like you know <laughs> there's this place down here and you know they're hiring a, a massage yeah. therapist at the spa or i know somebody and they're looking for someone and they're out in you know 45 minutes away and it's like i just smile it's like oh thank you i really appreciate that and it's like mm. if you want to email me the info go for it 90 percent of the time no nothing is emailed yeah the other 10 percent, i don't follow up on it i just say thank you mm-hmm I'm not going to ignore, because I know they're just trying to be nice. Yeah. At the same time, I also know that they have no clue whatsoever about what my plan is, what my Mm -hmm. goals are, and what I'm actually trying to accomplish. Uh, Yeah, and and I've heard that a lot um, from the same aspect of like, oh, you guys should market this way, you should market that way, and like, um, you know, we've had hires and, you know, people in here on the staff that have like came up, oh, this idea, that idea before, and we're sure we've tried a hell of a lot of them, you Mm -hmm. know, like we'll always... I'll give it a go, you know? Um, and I've learned what advertising is like no ROI and what we get something out of. And, mm-hmm. and, um, sometimes it's seasonality, you know what I mean? So, um, I've learned when to kind of 
pinpoint and target certain things. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't do a ton of advertising. Like if you ever see a Facebook ad from us or something, um, it's rare, you know, once, maybe once a year, if that once every two years, we don't run a lot of ads. Um, we, we focus more on word of mouth and the quality of the coaching, which is word of mouth. You know, that's, that's generally how it happens. Um, sure. We post to Instagram and Facebook and things like that. Um, you, you know, people probably see, if I had to pinpoint, maybe like 10% of what actually happens. So we're not showing like every PR, we're not showing like every great training day and we're not showing like kind of the magical moments of it all. Right. Um, we do sometimes, um, but there's a million stories in here that we could tell and testimonials and things, but you know what? We just allow those people to tell them themselves, tell everyone themselves. So like, we allow them to post them and you know, we might share them or whatever, or we allow them. If you have a really good story, you should definitely go tell it. I am. Well, to anyone listening who has one, go tell it. (laughs) Well, that's the thing. We, we let them tell it to other people. Right. You know, now if you do have a good story and you want to share it with us and you want us to tell the world, hell yeah, we'll tell the world. We'll tell everyone. Right. Cause we've had people do that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I appreciate those. Cause like, that's why we're in this. I like to see those life changing things. So I want to know, how this changed your life and then okay let's let's tell everyone right Mm -hmm. but i don't do it with like every email that comes through of like hey this was life-changing and like blah blah blah. i don't screenshot that and throw it up and post it and like look how great i did you know what i mean no um i don't do that all the time so anyway um kind of kind of rambling off topic but um i think the biggest thing that that people fail on is um, they don't give it enough time in said goal. You know, there's a time factor to it all. If sure, if <clears throat> if you've given it four or five, six years, nothing's really happening, you're at that pivot point in your life where it's like, you know, you have to, you have priorities have changed and you have to make money in this way and you have to, or you have to get a set income or you, ha- you know what I mean? You have to, set a different goal then do it you know i'm not saying just ride something out forever that's not going to work out for you um you know and I've, I've seen that a lot where people pivot and that's why the best time to be an entrepreneur is in your 20s you know is in your mid-20s your late 20s your early 30s because you have time to pivot now i'm not saying don't go start a company at 40 because there is multi-millionaires like there is people worth 50 100 150 you know 200 million mm-hmm. um, that never started until they their companies until they were in their 40s. So, but think about how much life experience you get to bring into that. Yeah, yeah. There's That's huge. Mean, there's a lot of them. If you look up, um, I'm not going to remember all of them. Um, oh my God. There's a really famous author. Didn't start, didn't get like their first book published until they were like 41 or 42. Went on to be one of the best authors ever. Um, Is that Hemingway? Oh, my God. See, that Lindsay would probably know it. We need Lindsay here. Um, but it, this happens a lot. There's, you know, people on TV. There's, you know, some of these big influential people that you know about. Go back and look at their history. Some of them didn't start until they were, you know, older in life. So you have time. You can still do it. 
But the best time to take that risk is a little younger and plus you have time to grow it by the time you really need that financial stability or that life stability, right? Um, you know, you look at Amazon now, mind you, uh, what did he get three to get 300 million from his family or, or was it three? I'm sorry. No, it was three, $300,000 to start Amazon from his dad or something like that. Jeff Bezos. All right. Um, so I'm getting distracted trying to look up the author, uh, so. <laughs> but anyway, um, you know, mind you, he had that seed money, but he, you know, he didn't start Amazon until he was, uh, what I think like 30 years old or something. So, um, let's see, let's look it up. J.R.R. Tolkien, he's one started out, got published after 40, you know, Lord of the Rings. Those didn't do too badly. That was, that was it. What, was that what it when was it? That he got published? Yeah. It just said after 40. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Mark Twain also, he was 41 when he got his first novel published. Yeah. Yeah, Bezos was 30 years old. That's what I thought. I thought he was 30. You know, yeah, he got some seed money, but still, how fucking big is Amazon? Mm-hmm. I don't care who you are. If you start with 300 grand and you turn it into that... Yeah, you're fu- you fucking did something right, um, and that's the thing. People say that all the time too. Well, if I had that, if I if I was if I had a million dollars, if I had no, no, you fucking no. want it. You have to have. You know how many people inherit companies and just drive them into the ground, or you know have money that inherit money and never do shit with it. Because make it proportional. Yeah. Let's say yeah. you don't have three hundred thousand to start off with. <laughs> Let's say you have three thousand. Yeah. Can you take that and make it proportional to what he saw over the same period of time? No, because okay. Yeah. How much growth did he get from three hundred thousand up to? Uh, was it one? Where, where they make a couple billion a year now? Oh, at least. Uh, uh, da, 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 let's just let's just look it up. Amazon uh, last revenue. Do 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 do. Um. Yeah, it's billions. I know that. Uh, da 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 da. What they do in revenue? Oh, they just did 113 billion in the second quarter. So you're talking what? Like, <laughs> I don't even want a thousand X. I don't know. Uh, wait, 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 in, insane. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. incredible. So if you had three grand that you were able to do even a hundred X on mm-hmm. annually, that's enormous for a small business you, to do. You know what? Let's give real numbers. Um, and I'll name a couple. All right, I know someone who started their business with roughly uh, $2,000. Okay. All right. And build it up to, um, they do about 120000 a year on that one. Okay. Started another business. They do about uh, 500000 a year on that one. And starting another one that they'll probably do about the same. Okay. They grew that $2,000 little company they started, little mm-hmm. business they started to, you know, they're going to be doing combined through all the businesses over a million dollars in revenue in six or seven years. Just out of curiosity, do you know where the two grand, was that just bootstrap like their own money? Yeah. Just okay. working and, and. Cause you could have someone here then they're like, well, I don't have that kind of money. It's like, this is exactly where the whole research and education piece comes in mm-hmm. because all, there are multiple different ways to start getting funding mm-hmm. part of it can be as simple as like your own savings yeah or you go to family members you go to friends and 
maybe when you come away from it, like yeah. all you're able to get is like $500 yeah. with that. Um, if, if it's on credit, if you have that, it, like mm-hmm. figure out, there's you, all kinds of different ways. Yeah, and you don't, you, you, know, you don't want to give away your company, but maybe you do um, do a contract where it's like, you know, X amount for um, 10%, 15% of the company for the next five years. What, mm-hmm. And give an option to, you know, add more seed money to re-up if revenues hit this, blah, 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 blah. Get creative with it because guess what? If people like sign on a contract, now I'm not, a, don't take this legal advice because I'm not a business attorney. But if you come up with a contract, you know, or some sort, most people like if you can get the money, I, I know a lot of people that would throw 10 grand, 20 grand at a business startup to see someone live out their dream and they don't expect much from it. Right. You know what I mean? They they might want, hey, give me like, you know, 5% or something and let's just see what you can do with it, you know? So, so if you took that, just that chunk of the podcast, that part of the conversation and you threw it out to people, mm-hmm. you will almost automatically weed out the people who are actually entrepreneurially mindset mm-hmm. or minded because you'll have so many people hear that and they're like, well, I don't think I could find anybody. Or no, they would one's never take talking, that chance. Right, right now, yeah. one's talking. I would gladly seed someone's startup if they came to me with a legitimate contract, had a legitimate idea that I could research and figure out, mm-hmm. and I mean an ironclad, like you're going to sign it my to my specs contract, not this like bosses only shit. We're not. I'm not dealing with no more fucking people who don't know anything about business. Like yeah. my tar- attorney would look at it. You know what I mean? We mm-hmm. would do the whole damn thing. But I would seed someone's. Yeah, for sure. I would. I would do that. You know there what I mean? Go. And I'm a small fry. Like there's people that will give you a hundred grand, 200 grand, mm-hmm. you know, if you have the right idea, there is backers out there. Um, there's an actual fucking, uh, website. Don't quote me. Look it up. Google it. Um, oh my God. What is it? There, there is a, uh, website that connects you to venture capitalists oh, and I know what you're talking about. you yeah. can submit like, I think you just like submit your ideas and obviously there's going to be an interview period, talking periods, all that, but it like connects you with venture capitalists. So if you have a great idea and you don't, and turned them down. All right. Because I wanted to do it on my own. If Mm -hmm. I was going to take money, I was going to take it from a bank. Didn't want to involve anyone, just me, me. And he didn't want any part of the company. He just wanted, um, some interest on his money. That's all he wanted. Okay. Which was legitimate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. Um, but you know what I ended up doing? I ended up taking, and I've told this story many times. I took that equally, put it on a fucking credit card and on, you know, whatever that close to 50 grand was, I I forget exactly what did I say? 45, 46,000 or whatever that I spent on these credit cards. Mm -hmm. I paid a hundred, like a little over a hundred dollars in interest. You know what I mean? So I would have actually paid him way more interest if I would have took his 50 grand. I did it on my own on no interest credit cards and paid it all back before the interest kicked in. So, but people hearing that, like, please understand, like, the that amount would, of work and like, yeah, don't, planning that went I into do doing not, something like that. I do not recommend that at all because that can not the norm. Quickly. Yeah. Um, does mean, again, like no. everything has exceptions no. to it. Like, well, in, in, it's a testament in, to how here's much the work you're doing. I'm going to, I don't want to keep, I'm just talking, trying to speak from experience. Mm-hmm. What I did 
is something that I do not recommend to people because it's so ballsy. That was me. And again, you guys got to understand, I sacrificed everything, everything. And I've sacrificed my entire, you know, savings pretty much a couple times since I've been in business, right? Mm -hmm. And when I did that, it was fucking, it was a ballsy move. And it was something that I, and I'm, was an aggressive entrepreneur is point blank what it was. I was like, I'm going to bring in enough revenue to pay that. And I lived in a small apartment. I did not drive a fancy car. I, you know, didn't have a bunch of menus. You came in, it was bare bones on the walls. I didn't have paintings. I didn't have decorations and shit. Mm -hmm. Um, I had furniture that I had from a long time ago before that. Um, I didn't go on vacations. I didn't, what do people do? I did not go, you know, I went out sure sometimes, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But that dropped off dramatically. I didn't go. Um, I think you know, I spent my money on food and fitness pretty much. Right. Um, I was taking pretty much all the revenue that was coming in and putting it right back into paying off that bill. Right. Cause you only have so long, 15 months, right. no interest. So you better get that motherfucker paid off. Um, so anyway, uh, what I did is, is hundred percent ballsy move and I don't recommend it for anybody. Um, but there was other ways to get capital. Can't walk into a bank. We've already talked about that before. Mm-hmm. Good luck. They're going to want two years of brick and mortar, um, to give you money. So it probably won't happen. Some swindle it somehow. Usually they have co-signers and things. Okay. Um, but yeah. Um, but you know, you could always go ask someone for money also. I don't think people understand but, it could. But to, to, to just ahead. hammer it home, you have to be willing to sacrifice those life things. I don't think right? people understand that. You're not gonna go. You're not gonna go drive a Maserati. You know, whatever you want to drive, BMW. Whatever, I don't know, whatever. You're not gonna do it year one because you own a business and you're balling. No, it doesn't fucking work that way. No. All right. Um, you know, some of the people that listen to this kind of know if you follow them. Um, <clears throat> You know, one guy that's kind of tied into powerlifting that drives a really fancy car now and bought a, his dailies even really fancy and stuff. Guy worked his ass off to do that, mm-hmm. right? He was driving a shit box for a long time, then got a mid, you know, whatever, normal car. And then he went for the big boy toys when he was making the right money. Right. You know, so Earned you don't go, yeah, you don't go out and I see it all the time of like, you know, entrepreneurs start to make a little money and like, oh, cool, I'm making 40, 50 grand a year for my business. I'm going to go drive a $70,000 car. No, no, don't do that. No. So um, invest, save it. Anyway, go on to your stuff. No, as I say, I don't think that people understand the concept of what it means to be committed or dedicated or like sacrificing because I think that with as popular as entrepreneurship is now, Mm-hmm. there's this whole like glamorization of sacrifice. Like I'm going to work 20 hours a day, seven days a week and look how much I'm putting into this. And you'll this. be burned out in a year. Exactly. If that, yeah. like, if you even make it that long. Yeah. Understanding what it means to not have luxuries. And I'm talking little fucking luxuries. Mm-hmm. Um, what it means to feel like you're going to do 48 to 72 hours straight in order to get things done because yeah. you have an absolute deadline that you cannot miss yep. as you're going through something and what it means to basically put yourself out there and say i need help from as many people as i can get one way or another we're going to make mm-hmm. this work like when you were talking about painting the gym oh yeah i was just thinking just like, about that yeah i need i need people 
Yeah. Like it has to happen by this date. And if yeah. it means that we don't to get sleep, open. Yeah. yeah. We, like, we, we spent, I was still trying to train people in the CrossFit gym and then run over to paint. And, um, there was 19 hour days in there mm-hmm. where we were between training, painting, training, painting, working out, painting, you know, all this stuff. And we were in there 10, 11 at night, still painting. Yeah. Like, um, you know, there was a lot of stuff like that, that we were doing and, you know, some of the moves we've done, the business opening, you know, of the other gym that we did, like it, it all takes that, that mode and it is a certain mode and you won't fucking know it until you get to that point that nothing's going to stop you and you're going to get the fuck done. If you get to this, this one hurdle Mm -hmm. and you know that there is a deadline and you are the type of person that goes, Oh, it won't be that bad if I don't hit it. Mm -hmm. Stop. Yeah. You're, you're not in the right business. Mm -mm. The number of times that I, I mean, and it's like little things Yeah. by comparison, the number of times that I've been here at like one 30 in the morning, finishing up painting so that I can have things done and out of the way. So when people come in the next morning, I'm not going to be in the way. They're not going to see a bunch of shit laying all out. Yeah. Cause like, this is the only time it has to happen. Like I, like, I lost count. The thing is too, is you can't rely. Some people get help and that's great. If you get a lot of help, you're good. You're blessed. Like, you know, that, that just doesn't happen. Like a lot of this stuff and I've learned it the hard way of trying to rely on other people for things. I, pr- I promise you, if you try to put work on, and this is what sucks is you try to put work on other people. You try to have them take responsibilities and you get burned and it's financially burned. It's, you know, draining when you have to put in the work yourself when mm-hmm. you thought the other person was going to be doing it. Now you have to take it on your plate. It fucking sucks. All right. It is the worst kick in the balls moment that you'll ever have. And I've had, I've had a couple of these where it just sucks flat out. And it's not going to get better tomorrow or the next day. It's going to be, you know, a couple weeks, a month long, a two month long fucking thing that sucks balls. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just terrible, but that's when you have to realize what the fuck did I get myself into? And you learn from it and you fucking handle your shit. And you notice these times I'm talking about, did I ever go on social media and fucking whine about it or bitch or complain? No, I might've to people that are in my circle and I might've ripped, you know, some heads off and stuff, but I didn't go whine about poor me on fucking Instagram. No, I just got it the fuck done, you know? And, um, you know, for me, like I know now, those mistakes and I know where I made a mistake and it's going to lead me to somewhere better in the future. There's, um, there's something I sent to Lindsay. I just want to touch on this real quick. Mm -hmm. Um, who posted it? I think it was stay the course posted it. Okay. Not long ago. Nasty little fucking thing. If you want to go watch it, this, uh, tarantula is, I fucking hate big spiders. Uh, this tarantula is shedding its, um, it's skin or whatever, right? To be okay. able, cause it's growing mm-hmm. and they have to shed off their layer. They're out their molt. They molt mm-hmm. so they could get bigger. Right. And, um, I forget how often they do this, but it's quite frequent. Right. So they're able to grow and get bigger for the next, like, I think they said in the, they're like the next week they're very vulnerable cause their skin is soft and it hasn't hardened yet. And it's like jelly like almost, and they okay. could just be destroyed by, you know, other animals or other insects or animals or something, you know, mm-hmm. and they're at their weakest moment during that point. But each time they come back stronger mm-hmm. and it's so fucking relevant in business because you will get knocked the fuck down. There is no one I know in business that hasn't. Mm-hmm. You will get kicked in the teeth. 
You will deal with bullshit. You will deal with dumb people. You will deal with people that you're like, how are you so fucking stupid? You (laughs) will deal with society bullshit. You will deal with everything. It all falls on you, right? With manipulation and backstabbing. Yep, uh, it's all coming, right? And each time that you feel like, holy shit, how is this happening? Why is it happening? You know what I mean? You just feel like at the bottom of your fucking life and you just want to crawl in a hole and hide from everyone. Mm -hmm. That is when I'm to promise you uh, it's happened repeatedly. When you come out of that, you're so fucking hardened each time and you're stronger each time you, you know how many times I've been kicked in the teeth and guess what? Motherfuckers, my revenue continues to rise. Why is that? Because I haven't fucking given up. Mm -hmm. The second you give up is, is when you're fucked. All right. And, um, you know, that might be the point when there might come a point in my life someday where I'm like, nah, fuck it, I'm done. See you all <laughs> later, you know, and sell off my gym or stop coaching or whatever, you know, uh, move on to something else. But you know what? Like, that's what's going to happen in business. And I don't think enough new entrepreneurs understand that, how hard it's going to be. And yeah, it doesn't stop. I, you know, and I was guilty. Like, I watched just... You know, I got to see some of the stuff because I like from the gym standpoint of the guy I was, I was working for because, you know, I was a uh, fitness director and I, I, I saw some of the behind the scenes stuff um, and I had to deal with some of it. I had to face it myself because the owner wasn't there or, you know, he had me handle whatever, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but, you know, a lot of you go into gyms and you see, you know, the owner and especially if it's you know a training gym where you might see them a lot and you're like uh, fist bumps and everything's great and you know all this shit i promise you they've had bullshit behind the scenes you know and that's with any business you mm-hmm. you i promise you any owner of any company you they they've dealt with a lot of bullshit they have very thick skin they you know just keep doing what needs done until it's no longer you know, if they decide to walk away, it's just no longer, um, I'd say, healthy and obtainable to keep doing it and keep putting up with it. But um, I watch people's reaction, and you can tell, especially when you've been there before, mm-hmm. when someone just like puts on an air of bouncing back and they're like, all right, I'm good. No, I can take care of this versus the person who actually learns from it. Yeah. And those are two very different expressions that yeah. you see come out of it. So the person that, wants people to think like, Oh no, I've learned. I'm good. I'm back. I know I got kicked in the teeth, but I can do this. I'm confident again. They're doomed to fail again. And like that same thing is going to happen. They didn't level up. They didn't learn anything. They're not going to be able to succeed a little bit more when it happens again, because it will happen again. Yeah. And when that next thing that comes along, it's even bigger. They're going to get buried. They're not going to be ready for it. Yeah. Cause there will always be the next thing Mm -hmm. you're going to get kicked in the teeth again. It's just by a bigger and bigger foot that kicks you in the teeth. Yep. And eventually you just come to expect it and you know as much as it sucks that, yeah, you're going to be down for mm-hmm. a period of time. And when you, every single time it's been, oh shit, how do I come back from this? And like, yeah. I have no idea what to do. No. I have no clue how to come through this. No. And then once somehow, as long as you have that mindset, you do. Mm-hmm. And I can't explain it. I don't know what process it is in the brain that just refuses to not stop trying to figure it out yeah. and to work through it. But there comes a point where you just have this glimmer of hope and you're like, all right, let's try that. Yeah. Yeah. And you follow it. Yeah. I mean, 
this, like I said, there's no, and there's no way to like teach that. No, you either have it or you don't, they're not going to teach it in school. Um, it doesn't matter what kind of intellectual level you're at either. You can have the highest education and be a shitty business owner. Yeah. So, it uh, happens all the time in the corporate world. Trust me. And you can have a complete lack of watch. education and be yeah. amazing. Yeah. Um, you know, when you look at some of these people that have the lack of education, but are so real world driven and they're running massive companies now, mm-hmm. you know, it happens all the time. It's just literally like you have to be willing to just never stop. And that's all there is to it. And tr- and you've seen it, you know, we, we talk and like, I've walked in and been like, fuck this. <laughs> like, yep. <laughs> you know what? I'm done. I'm done. But you know what I do is like my, my buddy who started a mechanical company and stuff. Um, he, he said this and it was a couple months into starting it. He was like, man, he's like, I'm, I'm burned out. He's like, how do you, what do you do? Like, how do you stop? And like, what do you, you know, I told him, I'm like, you have to pick and choose your breaks. Cause it is a it, it, entrepreneurship is 24 seven, you know, yep. every fucking day. And you have to pick and choose and you have to set those hours of, okay, this is when I'm not going to work no matter what, pretty much like, unless there's an emergency or something comes up, yeah. but like, you know, for him, it's like clients call, they need something fixed or they want something done or they need, you know, whatever, then, you know, you need to have, this is the time I'm stop receiving calls. This is the time I stop checking emails. Mm-hmm. This is the time that I don't work past no matter what's what it is, unless there's a deadline to move on to the next job, you know, um, you know, if it's an emergency call, I don't go out past this time. You know, you got to set those boundaries yeah. and you have to know when to take the breaks and the break might come on a Tuesday. It might be a Tuesday and you're like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to go to breakfast and I'm going to chill for a little bit and you know, maybe I'll go, uh, whatever, go fish, go whatever you like to do. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And then you come back to work that afternoon or you come back the next day. That's how it is sometimes, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and that's kind of the beauty of entrepreneurship is that there are times where you can say on a Tuesday, like, fuck it, I'm not going to work today. You know what I mean? Uh, not to say if you, if you have an appointment, I would fucking be there, yeah. but cover if, your responsibilities. you know, if you're just answering emails or whatever, or, then it might be the day where you're like, all right, well, you know, today's not the day for me. Yeah. And you know what? I promise you, like what I started doing a long time ago is, um, I try to have all my programs set out all besides my check-ins. I have to do those on the weekends, Yeah. but by this time, like I don't come in and train people on a Saturday. I don't come in. I don't do work inside the gym typically on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. I might do a sign up once in a while if it fits my schedule. Um, you know, but uh, there's some things that I just won't do on the weekend point blank, just how it is mm-hmm. by Monday. I'm refreshed and ready to go. You know, um, I know that I have, you know, especially Friday, Saturday, get programs out, answer client check-ins that are coming in Friday and Saturday. Um, so there's, you know, there's times and you got to pick and choose that. So, um, yeah, I mean, mine's Sunday. I put it out there at one point. I was, uh, made it as a rule where it's like, unless you are family, I do not exist on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And yep. you know, I've been, I know I'm guilty of like, I think I've texted you on a Sunday and I don't, I don't get an answer till Monday. And I kind of know that, um, you know, it's hard when, when you're getting scheduling, 
you know, for you, like mm-hmm. schedule for the week or whatever. And I try to be cognizant you know, of that. Like when, cause I'll have my phone there mm-hmm. is I try to be good about it. And yeah, but yeah. you open it up and like, Oh, there's a notification and there's yeah. a handful of people that like you are on where if I see it and it's like, all right, can't, am I okay answering yeah. this? Is it pulling me out of anything? Yeah. And if I can well, justify, and I know, like, yeah. And there's some it, people but, that you know of, like, yeah, that aren't gonna pull your time past what's needed beyond a yes or no or a I have this available. Okay, good. Yeah. You it's know like, what I mean? What's available like this week? Not a hey, have this in depth conversation with me. You know, through back text, and and back, back and forth, and forth yeah. when you're trying. No, and those are what you have to learn to handle. This is why I don't give out my phone number to clients. This mm-hmm. is why no one has my phone number. Um, this is why like the ones that do have my phone number, no, you don't text me unless there's some sort of emergency or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know I've given it to some people when they're going to meets or whatever, like, Hey, this is just for your meet day. Text me what's going on. Send me videos. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you need to, you know, that way I'm, cause I don't get Instagram messages, uh, through my phone. I have to personally get on and check those. Okay. Um, so I suggest that too. learn your boundaries. You know, I turn oh, those off. Huge. I yeah. turn those off for a reason. Instagram is like email to me, okay. you know? So I get on and I check it about as often as I check my email. So, um, that's how, that's how you, you have, you create longevity in this. Cause if you get burned out and you get frustrated, then your business is going to go downhill and you're not going to be better and you're not going to want to do new things. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, those handful of things, like you said, there's, there's no plan mm-hmm. for this, the mistakes that you see happening. Like they don't have a plan. They have no patience. Mm-hmm. There's no commitment or dedication. Nope. And that like, there's no learning mindset. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't have those, I mean, it's just not, you're just not going to survive in it. And I think so many people, like I said, they just get caught up in the money. They get caught up in the, you know, I'm not making money or, okay, I am making money so I can just go do this now. Like, no, you know, you need to have like consistent revenues. You need to keep growing and just always try to advance. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I can't force drive into anyone. Oh, God, I wish we could. You either have it or you don't. You know, and that's why I love watching like the barbell sports and people in fitness because I feel like when people compete in something or have goals in fitness, it transfers to other areas of life. I mean, you we've talked about so many times how many people go back to like, you know, school or they get a better job or they're moving higher in their career and this and that, you know, uh, we have a lot of people in here that are business owners, managers of pretty big companies, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um you know, work at a high level. I mean, how many fucking med students do we have in here too? It's like, you know, and they're oh, still, yeah. they still have fitness goals and they're not drawing away from those, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, it's going to take commitment though, point blank. So that's pretty much, um, you know, I could go on and on and on, but I think people are starting to get the point. Hopefully, um, if you do like what we're saying, please share it with people. Share it online, share it on Instagram, um, get more people to listen to what we have to say. Um, that'd be great. We're trying to, uh, you know, keep getting questions in. Sometimes we're bad about answering them. So sorry if you ask questions and we haven't answered them. Um, you know, we get kind of long winded in some of these, but, 
um, definitely share, let people know what we're talking about. Um, I know, you know, a couple, they're probably listening now, but I've even had clients that have messaged me and asked, like, have you talked about this on the podcast before? And I'm like, yes, like 30 episodes ago, (laughs) you know, this is why I told everyone to listen from the start. Um, sometimes I can't always pinpoint them, right. You know, which episode I talked about it in either. So, um, you know, listen to it on your drive, listen to it while you're, you know, doing your cardio or something. So anyway, Oh, and if you're going to leave a review, tap the five stars, if you're not going to tap the five stars, why even leave a review? We'd appreciate it. Yeah. Maybe not, maybe not throw out a four star review. Thank you to whoever did that. Um, we got a four star. Yeah. I saw that the other day. So I'm not sure why I, I don't ever throw a review on anything unless I'm going to give it a five star unless you're the auto company that fucked me over, then I might've left you a one star and, uh, <laughs> maybe it was the poor audio quality that I caused. Oh, uh, that, that's, that's probably what it was. And it could have been someone yeah. just random listening. So, I mean, I get it. You listen to a random podcast and you're like, okay, these guys suck. <laughs> or, you know what? I guess we, no, that wouldn't be, we would be slightly above average if we're getting a four star. Oh, right. um, so yay for us. But yeah, um, we've, we've said that before. Just leave a five star. Don't leave anything at all. I mean, it helps businesses. Um, if you really hate us that much, then I get it. Okay, whatever. But um yeah, I've never understood that. That's why I, I think uh, I've actually said this to Google because I've had to talk to them multiple times over the years over uh, like false things. Um, I've, I've suggested, and I think this should be implemented everywhere. There should be no more star reviews. There should be no more where people can say stuff per se. Mm-hmm. There should be recommendation. You either recommend it or there is no way to say, no, I don't recommend. There's no thumbs down. There's no nothing. There's literally just like, yes, I recommend this. And the more recommends you have, the better per se your business should be, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think there should be any way to leave a bunch of bullshit all over companies stuff. Because what we're seeing, and Google's aware of this. When I talk to them, they're aware of it and they're trying to figure out a way to implement this because they still want people to express opinions, mm-hmm. but they also are seeing it that these Karens and these people that have, we ate, we ate at this restaurant the other day, mm-hmm. um, right down the road and they got a, a three-star review, right? And the review literally was worded like this. It was said that they went in, sat down at the bar and there was salt spilled on their bar. So it was dirty. The bar was dirty because salt was spilled on it. We let the the uh, bartender know and they immediately came over and cleaned it up. That was the whole review. So you left a three-star review because some fucking salt was spilled. You know what I do? Because I'm a fucking grown man is I usually wipe it up myself. Then mm-hmm. I move it away and that's that. If there's some nasty gunk there, I might just stand there and just kind of be like, hey, you see this, you know, and, you know, it gets wiped up. But never in my mind would I think I'm going to go leave a three star review to this place because there was some salt spilled on the counter. It's almost like someone was eating there before you. Yeah. Well, you know, like a restaurant. (laughs) But the whole thing wasn't wiped up. It might have got missed. I want, you know, I I almost want to comment to those people. So you've never had a dirty dish in your house before that wasn't cleaned. Do, you know, oh, maybe they, they probably you know, never like, actually scrubbed a dish if they're acting like that. I understand. But like, yeah, maybe something got missed. Um, did it ruin your entire it, meal, though? It is you like know? that is their 
that is the business's responsibility to make sure that you have a clean environment for someone to go into. But also take into account, it's salt. Yeah. Right? It's not like someone like spilled all their food there and they said, yes, please. And the thing is where the bar's at, if you've ever seen a bartender work, I promise you sit down and watch how all over the place they are. Oh, yeah. Those people might have got up and walked out five minutes before you. And the bartender just hasn't had time to go down and wipe that space. Because they were making the drinks for the three people at the other end. At the, yep, yep. Or they had to run in the back to grab something because yeah. they were out. And, they, and when, every time someone, how do they know those people, like those people could have gotten up and went and sat at a table, went and took a piss, went and did, you know, mm-hmm. who knows? And maybe their glasses were cleared by somebody. You know what I mean? You don't, you don't right. know the context, right? I've sat down at plenty of bars that are dirty. And I politely wait. And they usually come over, ask me if I need anything and they'll notice and they'll wipe it up. Mm-hmm. You know, that's typical what happens. If they, if they don't notice, I'd probably be like, Hey, like, can Would I, you mind wiping this down? Yeah. Now? Or do you, I, I've, dude, I remember I've even said this before. Hey, do you have some napkins? I'll, I'll get, and they'll always come over and spray yeah. it up and clean it themselves. But like I've even offered, you know, mm-hmm. cause I, I just never understand people. Anyway, that's my rant on reviews and things. Entitlement. Entitlement of the world so um anyway <laughs> if you're still listening as we're fucking rambling for an hour plus um not much coming up we have the fall brawl here november 6th um you know we're about a more month out today mm-hmm. yeah so um yeah if you want to support the gym support the community come out to that um if you want to help spot and load, email us. We'll get you on the list there. We could always use more spotters loaders. So um, should be a big meet. Small time records, I guarantee you're probably going to get attempted. Uh, looking at the people that are coming and watching how their training is going. A lot of great athletes coming through. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to see, a, um, I think you're going to see a 148 pound female try to squat near 600. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we'll. God damn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, so we'll see, you know, and we'll be there with our, our judging, make sure that's an accurate call. If she does try to break a all time world record. Um, I think she is the current world record holder. Pretty sure though. Um, so we'll see if she tries to break her own. The last time I, you know, when she did break her record, I, it was deep. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I know she, you know, um, she had a depth issue at a meet I competed at with her. And then the next meet, I think that was like a wake up call. She came in the next meet and just sank them. Mm-hmm. So um, it'll be interesting to watch. Um, some pretty big guys coming. You'll see uh, probably about 2,000, a little over 2,000 total at 198, which is pretty crazy. Um, and these aren't guaranteed. I'm just saying, right. like what these people have totaled before done or attempting to do. So. Um, there's Leave an, the meet a three star review. He guaranteed that there was going to be a 2,000 <laughs> yeah. total. Yeah. Um, yeah, the one, uh, the 198 female that's coming, it's pretty, I think she's number two in the world right now at 198. So see, it blows pretty, my mind that more people don't like realize the amount of strength and talent Yeah, they like comes through yeah. with these things. Yeah. We, I think we had a drop off or two that were pretty high level people, um, that just, you know, they had injuries or just, you know, their training hasn't gone right. So, mm. but you'll still see, it'll be pretty legit as always the fall brawl is always pretty crazy so um yeah and then after that we cruise on into the new year pretty much so yep coming up on it yeah all right anyway 
Uh, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully you learned something. Um, and like I said, share it. Let us know how we're doing. Ask questions. And uh, if you think we're not successful and think we're full of shit, then hey, don't listen to us. Don't don't do anything we said. So, all right, that's it. Have a good one.